Welcome to Good Deeds, Real Estate with a Mission, our weekly podcast to equip home buyers and sellers with the knowledge and wisdom needed to navigate the evolving, often challenging real estate landscape and to share our thoughts on the importance of why we give back from every single transaction we close to the community where we live. Hi, I'm Diane Davidson. I've been in the real estate business for over 40 years. I'm Bill Weidecker, and for me, it's 37 years in the business. And together, we've helped thousands of people just like you to buy and sell real estate. You, the economy, and the community benefit from making knowledgeable real estate decisions. We are here to help, and thanks for trusting us to be your guides. Good Deeds, Real Estate with a Mission is presented by the Fine Homes Group International, serving clients in New Hampshire and the greater Boston area. Now, here's Bill and Diane. All right, welcome everyone to the latest edition of Good Deeds, Real Estate with a Mission. I'm Dave Long. We are in the palatial office of uh, Bill Weidecker. Bill is with us today. Haven't seen you in, uh, you've been, what are you, on vacation or on assignment someplace? Witness protection. <laughs> Witness protection. <laughs> anyway, good to see you. Good to see you, David. And today, uh, you know, we're going to talk about current market conditions. We've done this, probably did it right after we kind of we came back during the early days of the pandemic which was a little bit different so i thought it'd be a good idea here as we're about to go into september to update where the market stands in relation to and how that impacts people who are looking to buy or considering starting to buy we're going to do that in the first half of the program in the second half we're going to flip the chart and talk about sellers and how the market conditions uh go from there but um First thing uh, I will ask you, or let's start off with your thought and, and reflection on where the market is right now and what that means to uh, buyers. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy with what's going on in the market, Dave. I'm, uh, if you'd asked me five months ago what I thought things were going to look like, it would be nowhere near what's happening right now. Um, from uh, from an inventory perspective, the inventory is lower than it was a year ago. It's about half what it was a year ago. Which is up from <clears throat> probably last time I saw you when it was about twenty percent, right? Well, uh, we uh, to give you to give you an idea. Right now, there's about in round numbers twenty six hundred properties on the market in the entire state. Last year, at this same time, fifty six hundred. Right. So. But the, I think the last time I talked to you was about two thousand. So. Yeah, it's the the point that I have about this is that our pending transactions are almost on par with where we were last year. Our closed transactions are off. Um, when you take the pandemic and that window of about six to eight weeks worth of time where people were really sort of wondering what was going on, when you take that window and and realize that that caused a blip, we're uh, about six percentage points behind in closed sales, we'll make that up by the end of the year. So we, our year in terms of closed sales will be very similar to what we saw last year, in spite of the fact that there's half as much inventory on the market. So what does that mean? It means this, that we don't have any inventory that's sitting. We really don't have any inventory that's sitting. It's coming on just in time, and it's going under agreement very quickly. The average market time in the state is just under two months, and that's taking into account everything. Is that two months from the <clears throat> time you 
put the sign in the front in the front yard. Or yeah, it's the, from the time it comes on the market till the time it goes under agreement. But that's the average. Right. And so when you take an average, you have to realize there's things that sell in a day, and there's things that sell in two years. And so the real market time, when you look at the populated counties of the state, Hillsborough, Rockingham, and Merrimack County, what we're talking about here is somewhere in, in along the lines of a couple of weeks. If you're priced properly, you're going to see a couple of weeks of market time. So, and, and do you attribute that to the fact that you, when going back to what you just, when things kind of got started, the pandemic was becoming a reality, uh, that no one knew what was going to happen and what was going on from a business standpoint with economy shutting down, et cetera. Is it now that people are just either see, see the light at the end of the tunnel or are just used to it and there's a greater deal of certainty in their minds moving forward that lets them do it, that, what they want to do? Yeah, and I think, I think that happened really early on. Uh, once people realized that their jobs were going to be relatively secure, um, as secure as any job is in this world today, um, they realized that housing was a choice no matter what. And once they realized they could buy safely and sell safely, they went on with their lives and they made their housing decisions accordingly. Yeah, that's uh, that. You know, as I said, the once uncertainty, and I know uh, I don't have. I, I feel pretty almost. I mean, I, there's still issues going on, but I almost feel back to normal in terms of not concerned about going out to the store. I have my mask. I do what I was going to do. But I, I know in the early parts, it was like. I felt like I was walking into a battlefield and staying yeah. away from people, and I just didn't want to get it. So that's good. I want to ask you about a, a national news story I saw yesterday uh, that said sales uh, of new ho- new homes, uh, not housing starts, but new home. I mean, I'm sorry, of homes, sold homes, is up 13.9% nationally in July, and that's the most since 2006, which it said exceeded any kind of forecast. Uh, what are your thoughts about that in general and how it relates to here? While the or does it relate uh, to Well, here? it's this. It's, while the information seems surprising, when you think about it, when you look at the market as a whole, it really isn't that surprising to me. And here's why. Is new construction is, is still, as good as, as good as those numbers sound, is still lagging behind in terms of how many units we're going to need Mm-hmm. For, to be built in order to keep up pace with the ongoing demand that's going to exist into the future. You need about a million housing starts a year, and uh, we're not near that. And so here's what I think. Interest rates are at an all-time low, and that has helped new construction as well as it's helped the price increases that we've seen go on in, in even in the state here. New construction has become a really viable alternative again. And the, the home builders, when you look at the home builders' stocks, they're all up. And part of the reason they're up is is because they're building. And they're make, when you're building, um, these national home builders are building, they're turning a profit. They're not in the business to, to, to build at a loss. And if you think about it, we saw this in the state, Dave, back in the last econo- um, economic downturn in 2008-2009. Builders were sitting on lots of land and not building on them. Why? Because in order to build and sell the product at the price that it needed to sell at, they'd take a loss. They're better off sitting on the land. 
Right. <laughs> because you don't realize the loss until you close. Right. And so you don't close, you don't have a loss. And so most builders sat on land. They're now able to build, nationally speaking. Um, the biggest the biggest challenge that they're going to face is not um, the price increases, but the price increases relative to the materials and labor. Materials are off the charts right now. I was just talking to a friend of mine who's a builder in Massachusetts, and he told me that lumber costs, just lumber, is up 50% from what it was prior to, you know, the shutdown. Yeah. Because of supply and... I said, well, what is it? Why is that? And he said, because of supply and demand, because they just can't get as much stuff. The backlogs are, are, you know, a lot longer than they used to be. If you're buying a home... Excuse me. If you're buying a home right now, what you need to hear is this, is that the people that buy property, as long as I've been in the business, they don't live in the price that they pay. They live in the payment that goes with it. And so the fact that interest rates have dropped so low and you can lock in a rate around 3% right now means the payment is less. Even Even though prices have gone up in the last year, the payments are less. Right. Right. Well, this was saying that, that this uh, story that I saw in the Boston Globe said median price houses are up to 330000 per house, and that's up 7.2% or something yeah. like the that. The July numbers uh, were three hundred and forty in the state of New Hampshire, and that's the highest it's ever been. So that's just the July numbers. But year-to-date, our average sale price in the state of New Hampshire is $320,000. And it was not that long ago, not that I mean... I say it was not that long ago. Twenty-five years ago, we were talking about the average sale price in the state of New Hampshire around a hundred thousand right, dollars. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, it's it's tripled. It's when you and I were working on my first house. Well, it, it really comes down to this: is is for people that bought in the early nineteen nineties when the econo- when, when there was another economic downturn, those that bought then, within a year, their pri- their homes were worth less than they paid. But those that have continued to live in those homes have tripled yeah, we, in value. Yeah. We bought right <clears throat> before that and then waited till not too much. Probably, well, you, you, you know, the timing is for those that are going to be in it for a while, I think you're going to yeah. be just fine. Right. Right? Right. You're going to be just fine. People yeah. always say, you know, are we at a peak in terms of price? Well, uh, look at it. When I started selling real estate in the early 1980s, the average sale price was about $50,000 for a single-family home. <laughs> How are we doing? <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing. I mean, I've, you've seen it better than I have, but even I keep an eye on it. And it's it's gone lower at times, and you're kind of going, man, I might be underwater on this house. But over time, uh, as you just said, it's gone from 50000 to 340000 So hang in there, and it's... And it's mm-hmm. um, all right. Well, let's talk about this issue in particular. If there's, if you're, if you're buying, and there's less home, the inventory of homes is less, considerably less than it was a year ago. What does that mean for you as a buyer? Um, Are there advantages? Just disadvantages? Got to move faster. What is it? Yeah. Um, don't practice self dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pull your own tooth. Uh, don't do your own fillings. It worked don't, in a hangover, though. <laughs> don't buy a house alone. You need a, you need a real estate practitioner to guide you the, through this process. Technology makes us feel like we have all the data we need. And when you think about it, when it comes to anything, we're not 
We're not starved for information in this society we live in today. We're drowning in it. And we need professionals to guide us through the process. So right now, where you're likely to compete head-to-head with two, three, four, five other buyers looking at the same house that might want to put an offer in as you do, you, you better have a seasoned professional um, or one, if, if they're new in the business, that has plenty of training on how to make sure you get that property. Does it matter to the buyer all that much if there is less inventory there? And in what areas would it? No, um, I don't think it, I don't think it matters. Is because the the interesting thing about real estate is this: every every real estate offering that's out there is unique. It may be the same style home as another style home. It may be the same part of town as another part of town. It may be the same condition as another home condition. But when you take all of those variables together, each one of them is very unique. And so if you don't get a house that you decide you want, you want to live in and you don't get it, what do you do? Pitch a tent? <laughs> no, you look for another home. Right. And so the home that is perfect for you today, Dave, that comes on the market today and sells today, but you're not looking today, doesn't take you out of the market, does it? Right, no. It, it keeps you in the market. You're going to find another one. And that's really the the very cool thing about um, the market that I've always operated in is that everything changes. You miss one here, you'll find the next one. But if I'm if I'm living in my house, yeah. uh, let me uh, before I ask this question. Second question, uh, the question that I want I'll ask before that is, how many people when they're moving from just a round percentage uh, are doing it because they have to move? And I don't mean have to from foreclosure. I mean we just had another baby, we got to have a bigger house, or we want this school system versus that school system, and the kids are, uh, are ready to go. And, or, or, I don't know, you know, whatever other reasons, but is it a large percentage, or is it a, uh, or significant? Um, and the reason I ask that is that may motivate you to, i got to make a decision. So there are some people that, that have to move. Meaning that have to is we're I've got a new job, and it starts in the West Coast in six weeks. I have to sell the house, right? Um, and I have to move. There it's like are half other, the Red Sox right now. They're going to be traded in, yeah. in a week. But there are other people that say, you know what? Um, my last child is uh, now in school. I have a three thousand square foot house. I no longer need. I'm paying taxes on, I'm doing the repairs on, I have to sell. Do they really have to sell? It depends. And sometimes that want to is close to have to. Most of the decisions are want to, close to have to. There's very few people that say, you know what, I'll take a flyer. I'll put the house up, see if if anybody wants it. And if that's the case, maybe I'll look for a house somewhere. Uh, No. Most of the time... People have really clear ideas as to what they want to do. This market is bringing sellers from the future into the present. And what I mean by that is there are sellers out there that say, my God, you know, we're at record highs. Maybe we should sell now and not wait two years. Maybe we should sell now and move to Florida or move to Virginia or move to wherever um, and not wait. All right, so uh, what are the consequences 
of uh, a, a low, the lower inventory, which is what uh, about 30% of what it was a year ago. Um, and here's some things that would cross my mind that I might think about, and why don't you just address each of those. One is uh, you, the homes are selling quicker, so I probably have to make a, a decision quicker. Uh, is that true or not? As a buyer? Yeah. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> oh, so, no, there's no doubt. There is no doubt about it. If you're a buyer um, looking in the marketplace today, you got to be ready to take action. And uh, um, I would... So the mindset, you've got to be more will, more ready to do that in terms of whatever that checklist is in your mind that helps you make that decision. Yeah. All right. Uh, impact on pricing. As you just said, the prices are now at the highest they've ever been in the state. Uh, part of that is fueled by, is that is it demand or is it interest rates or is it both or yeah, you it's, know, it's historically both. low interest rates, I should say? It's both. It's both it, we, we, because the interest rates, if the interest rates weren't where they are, I don't think the prices would be where they are. now. Because back to what you said about... People live in the payment. Right. Now, um, the one thing that has changed it, for, for the most part is... Uh, it, well, it hasn't changed. Price is the starting point, okay? Mm-hmm. And when in the old market, price was the starting point that the seller would ask and you would work off of that down. Right. Now price is the starting point and you would work off of that up, believe it or not. Yeah, no, I do believe it. <laughs> I mul- so and you're so, dealing in a multiple, more of a multiple offer environment. Yeah. Now that's not to say that everything is selling for overlist price. But we are uh, 99% of list price to sale price ratio in the state. Uh, I'm going to just double check that real quick and pull that up. But it's, I, I believe it's 99%. Now, the reason that is, is because there's so much of it that's selling over list price. Here it is. So for, for July, uh, it was 100%. 100%. Uh, year to date, it's 98.9. So when I say 99 You'll forgive me for a right. tenth of a point. Right. But that's the bottom line is average list price to sale price ratio is 100%. I would be sharing that number with you as a buyer client to say, Dave, you have to be prepared to pay at least list price and more than likely more. If it's priced properly, we're going to know it. You're going to know it. I'm going to know it because we're going to look at stuff. Right. We need to be prepared to take action. And from a standpoint of setting price, uh, or at least, well, that's, we'll, we'll talk about that in the, when we're talking about selling in the second half. But um, uh, how do you navigate the um, multiple offers? If you've never been involved in that, or someone's never been involved in that kind of, kind of environment, it kind of makes you, some people, I would imagine, adds a little like, anxiety to what they're doing. How do, you, how do you prepare somebody for that? How do you uh, there navigate There isn't enough it? time. There is not <laughs> enough time. And I'm not being cavalier about it. If if you're going to be buying a house, you need you need a qualified professional to help you, and um, let them guide you through how to navigate through a multiple offer situation because it's unique to each property, mm-hmm. and it's unique to each buyer. And so every buyer has things that might make them stand out. Our right. job is to, is to make your offer and you stand out. Should you have in your mind if you're Knowing that this environment is going, this is how I would do it, and I could be the only person who does that or thinks that way. But you know, based on what we've said, and that uh, there could be multiple offers, 
and I know what the price is. Let's just say it's the medium price at three forty. And uh, should I, in my mind, be prepared to say, "All right, if I like this house, how much am I? How far am I willing to go going into that point?" Or where? So I'm that will let you. you I'm going to give you a short answer. Okay. Because this is a very complex situation. So okay. if you're a buyer out there, please call us at the Fine Homes Group. But let me just tell you, um, you should be willing to pay whatever it takes so that if there's it sells for $500 more than what you were willing to pay, you go, I don't care. If all of a sudden you hear that it sells for $500 more and you say, well, darn it, I would have paid that. Right. Then, then you didn't offer enough, right? Because honestly, Dave, if you're looking to be in the house for five, ten, fifteen years, five hundred dollars over the spread at five, ten, or fifteen years is nothing, right? Right. Uh, so you need to be that kind of serious. Okay. Are there other issues? Uh, we're going to wrap up this segment in a couple of seconds, but or about a minute or two. Uh, are there other issues to think about when you're in this kind of a market and you're buying? Um, Key issues. Well, I, but first of all, there are there are a number, and the first it starts with a consultation with with a real estate professional. Sit down and put a strategy in place. You know, it's it's too late to prepare when the opportunity comes in front of you. Right. It's too late. So prepare ahead of time, and then when you are out looking, you've got a strategy and an action plan. Without it, you're like, what do we do now? What do we do now? What do we do? What do we do? do I don't want to lose it. I don't want to. Right. Let's take and be calm up front and say, here's how we're going to act so that when it comes along, we've got a checklist, right? We've got a pre-flight checklist as to how it's all going to go down rather than say, hey, now would be a good time to consult a manual. (laughs) Right. Well, and, and when you do that, then when certain circumstances that you've planned for, thought about, are exceeded, then that lets you it's know, much okay, it's much easier. I can back out or I'm staying in this thing. You got it. All right. Final word of advice to people who are buying? Call us. <laughs> That's right. Forgot about that one. <laughs> Good Deeds Real Estate with a Mission is presented by the Fine Homes Group International, serving clients in New Hampshire and the greater Boston area.